Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Galatians chapter 2, especially verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. This is God's word. In the gospel tonight from Luke chapter 7. We heard of the dead son of a widow. The widow of Nain. Who Jesus subsequently brought to life. There are two other people in our epistle from Galatians 2 who share something in common with that dead son. That is Peter, or Cephas, as Paul also refers to him in the text, as well as Paul himself. Both of them were effectively dead, like that widow's son. Peter, of course, you know his story. He was bold and brash in his time with Jesus during Jesus' ministry. But Peter also was known for putting his foot in his mouth and told his Lord Jesus that he would never, ever deny him. Of course, Jesus foretold that before the rooster crowed thrice, Peter would deny his Lord, and indeed, he did. This past Sunday was Pentecost, and we heard Peter speaking boldly on Pentecost Day before the crowds of pilgrims in Jerusalem. But lest you think that Peter is done playing the fool, even in his ministry, Peter shows himself to be, in Paul's words, a hypocrite. Peter, who knew that the gospel was for the Gentiles, and that all the foods that had been marked as unclean before, were now free to be eaten because they had been made clean in Jesus Christ, Peter still had a little bit of a hang-up about being around the Gentiles, eating with them, sharing in fellowship with them. And when certain people among those who thought that new converts to Christianity still needed to be circumcised, when they found out that Peter was hanging around the Gentiles, Paul tells us that Peter withdrew and started to stop dealing with those Gentiles. And Paul says he confronted Peter to his face about his hypocrisy. But Paul realizes that even he is as good as dead. He knows of his past sin and transgression. He knows that he's still a sinner. Paul famously As we just sang of ourselves in our hymn, Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners, and so do we. What does it mean to be the chief of sinners? It means you're dead. Paul uses the language in the book of Romans to say that we are dead in our trespasses. 
spiritually dead. Even though we may walk around and talk and appear to the outward eye to be living and breathing, the soul that sins is dead. And like that widow's son, it is in need of resurrection. Peter, Paul, the widow's son, all dead. You know, another who learned to see himself that way was blessed Martin Luther, the great doctor of the church, who, upon examining the law and the commands of God, saw nothing but more and more sin and realized how deep it went. Luther certainly had nothing as checkered in his past as St. Paul or St. Peter, but he recognized he was in the same boat. And I can't help but think Luther had that in mind when he wrote the explanation to the third article in the small catechism. It is one of the most profound pieces of writing that Martin Luther ever wrote. If you wanted to look at it by the words, the catechism's in your hymnal. It's on, I believe, page 322. Let me double-check that and make sure that's right. The catechism, I think, starts on 321. Yes, 322. And actually, it would go on to 323. The third article where we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Now, that's not Luther's writing there. He wrote the next part. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. Now, you've heard me say that grammar is the key to unlocking your Bible, and I want to pull apart that sentence a little bit. Hear again what Luther said. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. I just want to look at that one sentence. You know that every sentence has different parts. Subject and verb. I believe. That's the subject and that's the verb. Now, a sentence is often adorned with other adjectives and phrases, prepositional phrases, adverbs, clauses that help explain what's going on. So if I said to you, for example, the little brown dog that was outside my window barked all night and there was no way I was falling asleep. Now, there's a whole bunch of things I said in that sentence, but at its core... The sentence says, the dog barked, and I couldn't sleep. There's a bunch of other details that are added in, added in there, but you get the gist of it by saying, the dog barked, and I couldn't fall asleep. Pull away some of what Martin Luther says in that sentence and get to its core. Again, it says, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, Believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. What I want you to do 
is pull out the phrase, by my own reason or strength. And I want you to pull out the phrase, in Christ Jesus my Lord, or come to him. What is Luther saying in here? What is left? I believe that I cannot believe. And that's why the Holy Spirit is there. I believe that I cannot believe. Luther recognized that the sinner is dead. Dead people don't decide to follow Jesus. Dead people don't decide to change their life for the better. Dead people stay dead. Unless someone with power over death raises them to life. St. Peter, St. Paul, Luther, (laughs) the widow's son, all given life in Jesus Christ. You, dead in your sins, dead men and dead women walking, have life in Jesus Christ. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Paul might as well add, because I'm as good as dead. But it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What does it mean to live by faith? As Paul says he does. It means to have life in Jesus Christ and realize that your life is not your own. It is Christ and his life in you and through you and for you that makes all the difference. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As Luther said of this verse, In short, this life is not the life of the flesh, although it is a life in the flesh. But it is the life of Christ, the Son of God, whom the Christian possesses by faith. Jesus lives. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he lives in us. And us in him. Because he lives in us and we in him. The dead have life. The life of faith, the life lived by faith, is not about your efforts, how deep your trust goes, how unshakable your confidence might be, it is all about Christ who lives in you and you in him. He lives 
to give the dead life. You have life. Even now in the flesh. As Luther reminds us, it's not life of the flesh. It's just life in the flesh. The life that captures so much of our attention, the day-to-day, the struggle, the pain, the hurt, the grief, the sorrow. That's life in the flesh. Our true life is the one who cannot die because he's already overcome death. Our true life is the one who has raised us to a living faith by his Holy Spirit. I believe that I cannot believe because the dead have no power to do so. But Christ Jesus gives life and he breathes this life, this spirit-filled life into you by his word and his promises by his gospel proclaimed for ages and ages and heard by us even now. Dearest friends in Christ, your life by faith is in the one who lives, the one whom death cannot touch any longer, the one who overcomes death for you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.